enthusiasts. Welcome to Food Innovators by Foodex. This is where we have conversations with thinkers and entrepreneurs disrupting the food industry, where you get a chance to sit down with founders of food startups, food thinkers, and food trendsetters, advancing food tech, launching exciting companies, and shifting the way food is prepared, distributed, and consumed. Foodex feeds the food movement. Foodex invests and works with food founders from around the world. If you have a food tech or food product, sign up at foodex.com. That's F-O-O-D hyphen X dot com. Want to shoot me an email about this podcast or Foodex? Email Andrew period Ive I-V-E at food hyphen X dot com or find me on LinkedIn forward slash I-N forward slash Andrew Ive I-V-E. Look forward to connecting with you. And now on with the show. So welcome to Food Innovations by Foodex. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Amazing. It's great to be on. Thanks for having us, Andrew. You're welcome. Um, and, and as always, this is your host, Andrew Ive um, from Foodex. So, so welcome, welcome, welcome. So we are, um, I'm going to date this podcast so that anyone listens to it will be like, oh my God, this is so old. But we are the day before Thanksgiving. What that probably means is we're all going to rush off as quickly as possible so that we can start preparing. And uh, uh, and we don't wrap gifts, really, do we? We just sort of kill turkeys and, and eat, <laughs> eat turkey flesh. That's basically it, right? Great way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, 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 so why don't we find out a little bit more about In Demand? Who, who are the two people on today, first of all? Um, this is Anne Chan, and I'm now in New York City. And what do you do? Uh, what do you do, Anne Chan? So I'm the Chief Product Officer of In Demand. Um, well, I think we first need to talk about what In Demand does. No, 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 no. Let's let's talk about who the voices are first, first, so that people can, if That's they're just if they're just listening, can kind of figure out who's who. Yep. So this is Anne. So I'm from Hong Kong, and. I basically do most things at in demand, but mainly the product. And yeah. Cool. And and who else is on the who else is on the line? Alex. Uh, my name. Oh, yeah, my name is Alex. Alex Daydani. Thanks. Thanks CEO. for remembering, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I pretty. I'm the CEO, so I pretty much handle everything, right from doing the taxes to. Um, Presenting to investors and raising money and just kind of business strategy, selling, yeah, pretty much everything for the company. Awesome. Obviously, taxes would come first in that list. In terms of priorities, getting your taxes done, dude, versus sales, versus investors, getting those taxes sorted out is obviously... The top of my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. In November. Okay, cool. So, so now let's get into the what is in demand, who is in demand, what are you guys, um, what problem are you guys trying to fix, what, you know, what solution are you trying to help people with? So what we're helping, we're helping supermarkets specifically. So the problem here is um, there are about 30,000 supermarkets across the US that are very underserved in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole industry is shifting online at the moment. So more and more customers are looking to buy their groceries online, get it home, get it delivered to their home, 
um, and just make that process super easy so they don't have to go into the store. Right. And a lot of the small to medium sized supermarkets, specifically in the US, um, you know, they aren't doing that and they haven't really got the technical expertise or the funding to be able to build it and set it up in house. So what we do is essentially provide them a turnkey solution to actually get set up with the home delivery, with in-store pickup and the on- and online ordering without having to hire drivers or get insurance for those drivers. And it's super low cost, super seamless for the stores. Okay, so so when you say supermarket, let's break that out first. Uh, what do you define as a, as a supermarket? So that's, well, define it any, it's sort of... Um, in terms of size, so we're talking like um, pretty sizable store, probably like the same size as an average Safeway store. Um, so it's got about 30,000 products and they're catering to a pretty sizable local community. And um, they're selling groceries, they're selling produce, they're selling packaged goods, they've got a bakery, um, and they may have some additional things like pharmacy and um, other services as well. Okay, so you, you, you are helping local supermarkets that have one, two, three, maybe four or five stores to take their presence online, helping local communities to shop local and not necessarily to be buying their products from big kind of monolithic Amazonian style uh, online presence, but actually to be supporting their community and their local stores and so on. Yeah, exactly. Like they've been around for like more than 50 years and they have a very loyal customer base and they've been shopping there you know for the past 10 20 years and for the past you know two three generations and now it's just as the time shifted and people started buying online so we want to provide them with you know tools or a mechanism for them to also still buy from the stores they have always you know buy things from right so, so, so if I go to my local supermarket and I buy all my stuff and then I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I remember, you know, there's five things I've forgotten or whatever. Um, now, right now, I know I can't get those guys to deliver. It would be near impossible, short of bribing, a, you know, one of, the, one of the teenage staff members to buy something for me and get in his car and drive over here. Um, I can't do that. So right now I'm defaulting to either you know getting back in my car again or or going on to amazon and waiting you know 24 hours 48 hours for that thing to to be delivered um in this instance you guys get those small medium-sized stores online quickly easily and you sort out the delivery as well you said yes so yeah we help these stores to outsource the delivery with our you know we have a part like a network of partners that can do the delivery yeah and we help them that. Now, do, should they should they care? I mean, aren't they already selling to their kind of loyal customers? Should should they be that concerned that? I mean, you know, give me give me some of the benefits. Also, give me some of the reasons why strategically they they even want to bother with this when they could just sort of I don't know put their head in the sand and just continue doing what they're doing. From a point of any retailer or any brick and mortar store, they should have an online presence. And they should be doing um, some sort of e-commerce, it, um, even if they've been doing it a certain way for fifty years, and you know they've got their loyal customers. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, you're going to have um, new innovations. You're going to have new companies like Amazon 
Um, like even Walmart, even Walmart's stepping into this game aggressively. Um, but like Jet.com and others that are just stepping into providing um, you know, your groceries, your, the goods you're going to order regularly, but other products as well. I mean, you need to have an online presence. You need to be doing delivery. You need to be accepting, um, you know, allowing your customers to buy online because that's just the trend. That's the way the industry is moving um, for supermarkets, um, for flowers, for, for anything. Um, so I think if they don't do it themselves, that someone's going to come in and it's going to take their business away and they're just going to be like, oh, well, shit, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've not got anything anymore. I've been doing it 50 years. That's great. But you've got to change because everything else changes around you. So if you're not doing it, well, someone's going to take that business away from you and you're going to just have to shut down. So I guess I guess there's a kind of a creep to this. There's the there's either the the loyal consumers that you currently have as a, as a store um, will buy less and less from you over time as they find other more convenient ways of doing it. So, you know, your your basket size, your kind of revenue per customer um, on a weekly basis will over time decline. And I guess also if those customers find better, quicker, more efficient um even maybe less expensive ways of getting what they're used to getting from you as a supermarket, um, eventually they'll be like, okay, you know, I've been loyal to these guys for 10 years, but frankly, they're just not moving on and they're not doing what I need them to do as a customer. I'm out of here. I can't be loyal to these guys anymore. Exactly. I think in the past, so I think the grocery stores we work with have sort of been through, you know, all these new ways, you know, when Walmart, came in, you know, they compete on, you know, the surface, sort of the local touch. So then the industry shift right now is that people are not even in your store to experience why you are better than other stores. And it's very difficult for them to compete on price. And so it's just, you need to get yourself out there in front of the customers and to interact with them online that channel um so i think it's necessary for them to be online i'm guessing there are certain kind of product categories where this is more useful versus less useful so for example i always buy uh i'm probably going to say something that's going to get me all kinds of hate mail and stuff but you know i always buy uh true made source which is a catch-up brand that we have in one of our previous cohorts and i also buy for my teenage daughter heinz heinz ketchup mm-hmm. So Heinz ketchup is standard, right? I can pretty much get that anywhere without difficulty. So, you know, in terms of getting those more local supermarkets engaged with their customers and delivering products to store, do you think that, that it's more of a need for the kind of standard products or for the products which are a little bit more difficult to get, for example, from Amazon and various other places where being a local store that understands the the cultures around them and so on is 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 more important you know is more relevant in terms of this model yeah i completely you know definitely see that um that's why we focus mainly on specialty and ethnic supermarkets just because a lot of the products are difficult to get um they're very specialty they're niche um they're catering towards particular you know groups we, you know, we work with indian grocery stores um, Chinese grocery stores, and then there's obviously there's Japanese. There's lots of different types of um, specialty goods that you can buy that you can't perhaps buy from standard stores like Walmart and Safeway. It's just very difficult to come by. 
And I think the the non-specialty goods are just an add-on, right? People are going to buy, okay, they might buy particular um, Indian spices, and then they want to look, and then they'll get the Heinz ketchup, and they might get something else, and just the standard products as well. So it is a combination. It's likely if you're looking for specialty goods, well, it's easier to go and go, I'm going to buy my Indian spices, but I'm also going to get X, um, X and Y. That's just a standard product from that store as well, Got just you. because it makes it a lot easier. Um, but I think it gives a store a way of differentiating more um, against Amazon and against Walmart if they are catering towards niches or specialty um goods as well as just providing a different experience um that's more friendly that's more you know tailored towards a particular type of audience i guess i guess if it's a local supermarket they probably ideally hopefully got their finger on the pulse of their local culture the local community so if for example they've got a high density of jewish people or jamaican people or particular cultures they they may have a, a kind of a really good range of food in addition to the kind of regular stuff. They might have a couple of good aisles focused on kind of really interesting ethnic foods. Your solution would probably be very helpful for those guys because they'd be able to get those kind of very difficult to find products that they've spent time investing in finding and getting for their customers and also they'd be able to kind of, as well as delivering those products, deliver the Heinz catch-ups and, the, you know, the things, the more regular things that, uh, you know, it's, it's more of a one-stop shop rather than having to go to Walmart for one thing and then, you know, all the other stores for all the other things, right? Yeah, definitely. I think people use the service for, you know, their weekly buy for the whole family. And it's important to get all the things they need for that, you know, to make, make a meal like, for the whole week. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so in demand, um, but both of you don't have your regular typical American accent, not that there is such a thing as a regular typical American accent anymore, but um, where did you guys start the business? When did you start the business? So we actually started um, in the UK and completely... Uh... Keep going. Hello. Hello. Okay. You stop talking. Don't stop talking. Um, so, yeah, we initially started in the UK and we started um, from a consulting business, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, so, bizarrely enough, we had, well, I had a lot of companies asking me to build delivery technology for them. So, what we did was a company, I mean, we built that for about six companies and then realized, oh, okay, yeah, a lot of companies are asking for this. What can we do? Can we turn that into some sort of product? Can mm. we um, yeah, make it? make it more easily scalable for companies. And that's actually when we moved out to the US when we got um, some initial investment for the company. And we built that product. We were, were experimenting well to different industries. And it just so happened that we noticed the trends um, in the supermarket and grocery industry and just where that industry going, the, you know, what's happening with Amazon coming in, what's happening with Whole Foods getting bought, mm-hmm. um, Walmart stepping in and just kind of creating with more of the e-commerce side. So we saw um, sort of a combination of two industries. There was the logistics and e-commerce piece, and then there was the whole supermarket industry. It just kind of fell together that we, you know, we stepped into the industry. Um, but initially, you know, I'm from the UK, and I'm Anne's from Hong Kong, so, and our other co-founders from Nigeria. So it's all a little, uh, 
all over the place, but it's great to have that diversity as well. And where are you guys focusing in terms of marketplace? You're focused on the US market though, right? Yep. Okay. What yeah, are- so we're starting with like US supermarkets. And I think there are many of me to go down in the future because, so as Alex was explaining our story, so we started building the tag and the product for like various industries. And it, it can apply to sort of any kind of retail. We have big box stores, pharmacies, pet food, you know, anything you can think of that needs delivery. So we can do, so we can expand to other verticals or we can go to other geo markets as well. Perfect. Um, what have been some of the tough things about in demand so far? I mean, you know, t- it's grocery industry is is not known for being fast moving, for being, you know, early adopters necessarily. Um, what have been some of the tough, you know, the tough kind of either head scratching or kind of sleepless night moments for in demand, if there have been any? Yeah, we we spend a lot of time really trying to refine or explanation or a pitch to the grocery stores to try to get them to understand that the industry is shifting and the, the way that been doing business for the past 50 years might not work in the next you know five years even and that has been very challenging to really try to understand their language and understand where they come from and also try to educate them this is what is happening and getting really try to nail down like a story that they will understand I think that has been challenging for us you'd agree uh, you'd agree Alex oh yeah completely Um, I think it's a big piece for um, such an outdated industry there's a a bit of there's a big piece of education that's needed Um, I mean even the larger retailers they aren't using a lot of them are still aren't using a lot of technology they um they're not early adopters regardless and I think just somehow working your way in and getting into their operations helping them understand um, this is where where the world where the industry is moving um, I think that was a that was a big piece of it um, and, you know it's uh, those slow sales cycles in terms of getting into the stores um, but once you're in you're kind of locked in so you know it's good once you're getting in um, and then sort of pivoting a little from just doing the logistics to focusing on the supermarkets. That was a that was a necessary pivot, but it was a it was a bit difficult just trying to work out how do we make it um, and you know how do we do that transition internally. I sort of wonder a little bit about about the issue as as you've described it, and, and, and what I mean by that is you, you you've said. You need to help educate these guys, these supermarkets, about how the industry is changing. But but you guys are outside of the industry, and they they live this industry on a day to day basis. They probably know better than you know anyone uh, that their that their industry is changing. Um, and and I, I don't know whether it's a necessary necessity to educate them that it's changing as much as it is. To show them a, a, a way of of taking advantage of innovations in other spaces, in other industries. So, so I think your value add is that you guys have seen this happening and how 
businesses have responded to it in uh, in other industries and in a sense you're sort of the outsiders bringing this sort of improved way to an industry that is n- normally quite slow to change right you know yeah, yeah so but saying all of this you've kind of identified some of the challenges you've had um you've got customers you've kind of broken through and got a couple of customers using the system trying the system is that correct yeah, so we have, um, so we are actually based in um, the Bay Area. So we have like acquired like quite a few stores out there and we've been working with them. A lot of them are ethnic stores. And and recently being here in the East Coast, we also are working with a chain that is out in New Jersey. So we're working with these customers to, you know, perfect the process and like you know the operations and engaging with their customers as well and and you've mentioned ethnic a few times do you only do ethnic if i'm not if if i if i own a grocery store and i'm not an ethnic grocery store should i not be calling you guys should i be finding somebody else no you should definitely be calling us we don't just <laughs> do ethnic <laughs> but i think that's probably where you you think you can you know help most right because it's not everything you generally get on an amazon Mm-hmm. Okay, and how are the cust- current customers finding uh, the solution? When when did they put it in place, and what's been happening? Alex, say something, my friend. Um, so... Or you or you focused on your taxes? If if so, you know we'll we'll find somebody to answer for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been. I mean, so for example, we work with an Indian grocery store in San Francisco. Um, they. Well, what's interesting about them is they were doing delivery previously, but they were doing it over the phone. Um, people would ring up. He would, um, the owner of the store would create a shopping list for them and then deliver it himself to them. So for him, it's been both well, a way of getting more customers and reaching more customers. He's been very pleased with the, uh, the results. And it's also been a way of making his life a little easier mm-hmm. because he no longer has to do the delivery. He no longer has to answer the phone and create the shopping list and do the shopping um, for the customer there and then. He can just take that, comes in, makes the product, he can pack it, um, it comes in on the app that he gets, and then the delivery's done for him. So it's just made his life a lot easier. And he's been he's been at it for a couple of months now. Um, it's been, you know, it's been working very well for him. So... The basic the basic benefit is more revenue, more customers giving you more money, right? Yep. Um, but 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 um, do you think he's found people who want to buy exclusively through the online system? In other words, is this getting his existing customers giving his existing customers more way to buy, and they're just sort of shifting from coming into the store three times a week to actually just ordering online? Or is it people buying, you know, more stuff as well as coming into store and so on? Any any thoughts on that? So there's a bit of there's a we've seen a bit of both. Um, there are people who are just repetitively buying online on a weekly basis, um, getting their Indian groceries delivered. Um, but there's also people who live, you know, in the area that are going into the store and. Um, he's messaging them over the phone, or he's you know he's contacting them, telling them about it in store, and they're also buying online. Um, but also, you'll see customers coming in from outside of San Francisco or 
out, you know, sort of further out, um, who will come into the store and then see, oh, I can get it delivered. So they might um, just order online at that point. So there is it's a combination of both, but it's definitely um, there's incremental revenue for the stores, and it's also just ease for the customers, right? If you, you know, it's not eating necessarily your in-store sales. It's more these customers are going to buy online somewhere, and you're going to lose those sales if you don't do it. And they're going to try other stores, other kind of places, other environments, have other experiences. And if they end up liking them better, then you've lost that customer. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there are a few Indian grocery stores in the Bay Area, um, and you know, if you're not offering the online ordering, they're just going to go to those. Or the same in any type of grocery store, really. Yeah. So let's say, for example, I own a grocery store. I decide that I want to um, get my product or rather my, my store online. I want to give my customers uh, the ability to, to purchase you know, products online as well as obviously coming into store. Um, is this something that's going to be a month, uh, you know, take me six months to set up and cost me $100,000 to do? Or what's what's the, if I said to in demand, okay, you guys, um, let's do this. How long does it take? What, you know, what are the steps? Yeah, so for, so to work with us, so we, we start with a set of process. So the first thing really is to get all your product catalog online. So putting all your products online with the relevant images and the description, and usually with a, like a typical store, you know, with 30 to 60,000 SKUs, that can take less than a week. Less than a week? Less than a week? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't start with certain things first, like, you know, let's focus on dairy first or let's focus on big items because they're heavy to deliver or whatever. We, we will, like, work with the store to pick up something around 5,000, like, SKUs that where people... So it's gonna be enough for people to get all your produce, your meat, your dairy, and your you know your dry goods. Because people buy for the weekly buy right. So you need to have a relevant range online. So we do that, and so it depends on the size and the scale of the store. We also do point of sale integration. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of you know many labor work. And with that, you know, getting all the you know admin details like store opening hours, and then we can really launch in a week and then they can start marketing their online store to the customers. We also help them, like provide them, you know, with marketing materials such as flyers oh, cool. and banners and also giving them a template to market the online store to the customers because this is new to the store themselves and also new to their end customers. Yeah, and for to go online with in-demand, so we actually do just order commission. So to really, so it's very low risk. They only, we only earn revenue when they do. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so so let me kind of summarize what I'm hearing. I I I say to you guys, right? I want to, you know, I want to put my store online. Um, it takes about uh, if I had thirty thousand. SKUs, it would take about a week to put those SKUs online, right? Yep. And, and I would sit down with you and, and I would tell you, okay, I want these 5,000 first, these 15,000 next, etc. But over the next week, you guys would put the products, the product descriptions, the 
you know, SKU numbers, all that, all that kind of good stuff into the system, right? That's so that's the first week. Um, then uh, there might be some kind of integration with my 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 ordering system, my inventory management system, my point of sale system, etc. So that all of this stuff kind of joins together. Is that is that right? Is, so is that is that to second week? No. So so the system will work even without the integration. Okay. But if if the store aren't in for the integration, we'll start on day one. And you don't. So that will be the process of getting their products online. Okay. Got part you. of our process. Okay. So and when people consumers go online, they buy something. Um, what happens? So actually, before we get there, so. If if I sign a con- is it a contract by the way one year two year three year five year what's the what's the deal? So uh, it depends on the situation, but usually ranges from six months to a year for your first contract. Okay, six months to a year contract takes generally about a week to two weeks to set up. That that's pretty much what I'm hearing. Um, right. And the the system you, I only pay you guys if I get revenue. In other words, if people come to my system and uh, come online rather and order stuff, then, you know, that's incremental revenue for me. You guys get a little piece of that. Is that how that works? Yeah. And if nobody comes to the site, nobody orders anything, it's just sitting there and it's crickets. Um, I don't pay you jack jack shit, basically. Is that is that <laughs> right? Is that right? Correct. So it's very low risk on the retailer side. Okay, low risk, awesome. Okay, so it's in your interest then to make sure that once you guys have invested the time and the energy and the effort, the two weeks effectively, to set up the system, that you have as many people as possible going there and ordering stuff because that's how you're making your money as well as that, the retailer making their money. How do you, how do you encourage that? Yes, yeah, so we work with the store to have a sort of comprehensive marketing plan both online and offline and who, and who pays so, for that so it depends on the case Some, sometimes we have a service charge for the grocery store and sometimes we'll help them with the initial launch okay so it's sort of like a mix and so we help them we'll provide a template of you know like Facebook posts templates Facebook ads and we give them you know flyers we provide a design for them mm-hmm. and print for them as well and to basically come up with like a long term marketing plan where they can implement monthly so okay so I'm just kind of breaking down my responsibility as store owner you know A as store owner A I I come to you guys I say okay let's do this within two weeks I've got a a, a system online um People coming uh, are coming online because um, a I'm telling them about it in my store. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing I give them leaflets, you know, in their hands. Maybe I've got a decal on the window, basically saying, "Hey, now we're online. Come to storea.com to buy your, you know, to buy your online stuff." Um, it, it is 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 that it or i mean what about the delivery side you mentioned you guys do that as well uh, it, what do i need to do as a store owner to make sure that this product gets picked packed and delivered to the people who purchased is that do i need to like recruit people to do that do i need an external team how, how, sure. how, do, how do you see that working 
So if you're a store, um, what will happen is we've given you an in-store fulfillment system. So when an order comes through from a customer, it pings up on the device. You're able to see, oh, okay, this is exactly what the customer has ordered, um, quantities, weights, and you're able to just tick it off. So you've got someone in store using that device. So 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 basically, somebody places an order, and in my customer service department, let's say, um, yep. it, it it appears on my tablet with like who who's placed the order, the address, and what they specifically ordered with the pricing and so on. Yep. Now obviously you've got the money already, right? The transaction's already occurred. Yes. No. Yeah. So the customer's already paid, um, charged their card, and that's in. Um, that will get deposited to the store's bank account um, after the order's been completed, you know, within like two days. So it's fast. Um, they're not waiting, you know, months or weeks to actually get the payment. Um, but it, it's taken from the customer, so we're we're certain, like, you know, that's paid. Um, and you wait two it, and you wait two days to make sure that the customer's happy with the items, or it's, it just takes that long because of like transferring money around different places. What, why does it take two days? Why isn't it instant? Um, so what happens is it, it gets grouped over a, a three-day period, and um, I'm sorry, a two-day period, and then deposited. Um, it's a combination of there might be some issues with the orders in the meantime, so we can refund um, a portion of the order if like a product gone wrong or it's not been not been accurately delivered. And it also just takes a couple of days in terms of depositing um, money to bank accounts anyway in the U.S. Perfect. Okay. So then, so, so okay, the order appears in the customer service department. What then? Uh, so one of their customer service or staff will actually go around and pack the groceries. So they'll basically do the shopping for the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, they're able to do a few orders at a time, and they understand the products and the aisle layout and just the store's operations better than well, the customer sure. and anyone else would. If you, know, you see other personal shopping um, services, and one of the problems with that is so they don't know the products. They don't know the store layout. So it's a bit difficult for them to actually have to go in, especially when they're moving around to different stores and they're also driving and they've got a lot going on. So sure. this, this makes that process um, a lot smoother. Right. Um, and once, once then they've done the packing, um, they've got the groceries, you know, it's gone through and everything, they're able to dispatch a driver. So they don't do the delivery themselves. What we do is we outsource one of those, um, a driver to actually do it for them. So they'll come to the store and pick up at the pick up the set pickup location they've set for for deliveries, and then they'll do the delivery to the customer. So, so within so, so so within your fulfillment system, for example, and I'm I'm guessing I haven't I've literally never seen it, but I I've now picked and packed all of the products that customer A has ordered and pay and mm-hmm. pay and purchased and paid for. Um, I go back to the system and I press a button which says this is ready to go and and then that button being pressed orders the allows me to schedule the driver or or does it happen once i press that button within five minutes a driver turns up what you know is it something i schedule or is it something that once i press that button um it's telling the system that it's ready to go and they just come and pick it up exactly so it's the latter so Remember they hit that button, um, someone will come, usually within five to 10 minutes to actually pick up the groceries. It means that there's less waiting time in terms of like um, frozen items and you don't have to store the items. So it's just a moment it's done, uh, but you wouldn't do the packing at least until about half an hour 
um, before the scheduled delivery. Okay, so when I place an order as a customer, I say, I want these products in my home or outside my home front door at 3 p.m., um, I'm I'm then alerted by the system as the store owner. You know, you need to start picking and packing this stuff at two thirty, um, to to so that it's ready to 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 you know be shipped to the individual. Um, given that it's a ten minute drive away kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's very it's a smart delivery system. So ah, everything okay. sort of calculated to make sure it work like. What in a, in the most efficient way? And who pays for the driver? So currently, it's the customer pays for the delivery, but then the store have the option to sort of subsidize part of that delivery free, or you know set rules like um, free delivery if the customer buy more than fifty dollars. Got you. Like flexibilities. What's the usual shipping, or, or you know, what's the usual price for delivery? I, if I get an Uber nowadays, it's costing me, you know, twenty bucks. So I don't want to pay twenty bucks to get my groceries delivered. It depends on the distance um, and sort of the time, really, for the delivery. It can range anywhere from three dollars to fifteen dollars, really, depending on the time, depending on the distance. Um, but in a lot of cases, the store can offset. Uh, percentage of the delivery so the customer doesn't have to pay it um, and as we start doing more and more deliveries the cost is going to come down anyway. okay perfect so just kind of breaking out what I need to do as a store owner uh, and I'm going to kind of go 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 back to the beginning a um, couple of weeks to set up mm-hmm. six month one year contract no um no, no fees unless I and so, unless someone buys something, and then I give you a little piece of my, of, of my upside, you know, of my new revenue that's been created. Um, I'm going to get a piece of hardware, which is the fulfillment delivery system um, that goes into a you know the customer service, or maybe it goes into the warehouse, or I don't I don't know where it goes, but it goes somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as an order comes through, I'm notified of when it's going to be needing to be delivered. The system will tell me when to start picking and packing, assuming a certain average length of time to pick, uh, you know, a basket of goods or whatever it might be. I then have someone run around the store who knows every where everything is because they know the store really well. Picking and packing, ready to go. Press the green button. Um, product gets picked up generally within five to ten minutes. The driver delivers it to the home. Customer ideally has a perfect experience. And within three days, all of the transactions that have occurred over the last one to two to three days gets bundled up as one amount and gets dropped into my into my bank account. Exactly. That's right. Yep. Sounds actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> that actually <laughs> sa- that actually sounds pretty cool. I can get that. But you guys don't need to do this just for grocery. I, this is something you could do for pretty much any retail, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Focus on the grocery industry first. Alex, keep talking. I'm going to stand up and turn the light on because it's getting dark outside. Okay? Keep talking. Okay. All right. Uh, one more question. Actually, loads more questions. I could go on about this forever and ever. But um, where do you hope to be in, let's say, 12 months' time as a business? What If you can kind of crack key aspects of the business over the next 12 months, what does that look like? Is it about a shit ton of customers is it about having a really good stable of 
you know, a couple of handfuls of customers who are just sort of cranking and doing really well so that you can then use that as a foundation. What, what do you see the next 12 months being all about for you guys? Well, we definitely want to be, you know, we want to have some solid um, customers that are doing really, really well. Um, and that's, you know, um, if you're like a medium-sized grocery store, you, you've got a chance to actually stay in the, in the game whilst Amazon's coming in, whilst Walmart's aggressively um, going into e-commerce, uh, got Jet.com. So I think that's, you know, that's a big, you know, helping some of these stores survive whilst that transition happens. And, um, you know, we want to we want to reach probably about 50 stores in that time. Okay. And you, is that your focus as well or you focus on other yeah. stuff? Yeah, and also well, I'll add on the product aspects as well. I think that the goal is also to automate a lot of, you know, the best practice and all these marketing activities we've been working for the grocery stores into the product itself so that, you know, you really get a full package that just help you drive customers. You can pick the grocery item for it and then the delivery is also done for you automatically. So that's really the vision for the next 12 months is making sure it's a turnkey solution that is end-to-end, you know, from driving traffic to the delivery. One of the things... To... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry? Keep, keep going. Yeah, so, so we just want to really automate this process because, you know, picking groceries and delivering it, it's a very complicated and sort of fragmented process and we want to really use the technology to automate it. One of the things that sort of occurs to me as, as we're talking is your ability to kind of grow your business is is somewhat dependent on your ability to add value to them and get them more customers sort of, or at least, you know, launch that online process so that as customers, their existing customers find out about them, start getting more used to it, getting into the habit of using it, that, you know, their business will grow. Um the, the funny thing is, as you guys um, launch more and more stores and do this more and more often, you're going to get better and better at learning how to get their customers to engage with them online. Um, that That's not their area of expertise. And, and maybe now, as you've only got, I don't know, five to ten customers, it's not necessarily your area of expertise. But after you've done this for 50 different stores... And, and you've been figuring out how to launch this product online, how to get their customers to sign up, how to get them to use it more regularly. You guys are going to become pretty expert at helping grocery stores engage with their customers. So you almost have another kind of add-on business over time, which is, okay, grocery store A, B, and C, why don't we work together to get you guys more customers online, to get you, you know, to get... Even maybe the customers you have who are not online um, get them into the store more often. You almost become really good at getting their customers engaging with them, helping them to get their customers engaging with them, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that it like the online and the offline part of the grocery business is not separate. It's really one business, and the people who will buy online. That's a great point. Yeah. It's a very integrated experience and for all these data we're collecting and the process we're and the experiments we're testing out, it's gonna be beneficial to be engaging the customers both offline and online. Because really it's just one thing. And 
a lot of more sophisticated retailers are seeing that trend as well. I think you're absolutely right. That's that's a great point. Okay, I'm going to. Um, you said turnkey solution, but it sounded to me because of Thanksgiving like turkey solution. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a minute and start getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving. Um, couple of quick random questions that have nothing to do with in demand. Okay. Okay. All right. So one book or kitchen item that you guys have purchased, which has something to do with, yeah, one book or kitchen item that you're particularly impressed with that you may have bought or read or used in the last like six months. We've had some really obscure things coming out of this question. <laughs> you guys are in a food business for Christ's sakes. You can't like look at me weirdly when I say kitchen item. Well, I'm just saying kitchen item. I'm just thinking what have I bought for the last six months? Or book. If you don't have a kitchen item because you're not a, you're not you don't cook, you're not a foodie. I guess because you're living in Manhattan when you're actually living somewhere else, you probably aren't buying a whole stack load of kitchen items, are you? I haven't bought a single kitchen item for for over a year um a book well i mean lately i am reading a good book okay it's um well it's the seven habits of highly successful people um that's a great read you should you know it starts to to help you really think differently um so to speak and just i i don't know just understand you know certain habits and certain activities you should be doing virtually improve the quality of your life and just and we reach your goals and be more successful. So, seven habits of highly effective people. Is that what it? Yeah. By, by whom? I can't remember who it's by. Highly successful people. That book. Well, I've got another one. So or the seven. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. It's effective by uh, Stephen uh, Covey. Covey, yeah, C O V E Y. A Mormon chap. He died. He passed on about eight years ago, ten years ago, I believe. Anyway. Yeah, that's a classic. I haven't read that. I'd love to. And I've got another book that I read this year, so it influenced me a lot. It's called Smarter, Faster, Better: The Secrets of Being Productive in Life and Business. So this book like go over topics like motivation, decision making and a bunch of uh, creativity so like I think there were like five six topics and each story like each topic is wrapped in a story mm-hmm. so there were this story about how some pilot so I think it's so, some sort of mental model about imagining what is going to happen and preparing your mind for it before it actually happened and then this pilot didn't do that and basically the whole plane crashed and the sto- the book is, I like the way it describes like how you should do, like, how you should stay motivated, how you should think about decision making, and they have all these like very memorable stories, so you keep the lesson in your mind. Great. And that that was a good book. Apart from plane crashing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Go- like, that's why I'm. I'm remember like the lesson associated with it because it's such a powerful story 
Yeah. Yeah, stories are, are amazing kind of methods of, of, of embedding lessons and so on for sure. So um, last question, where can people find out more about Anne, about Alex, about In Demand? Um, specifically, I'm guessing you guys want to chat with grocers, with um, you mentioned investors in the beginning so if there are investors listening to this or excited about what you're doing they should reach out to you um, people who have just kind of questions and so on where should they reach out and where can they find out more about you guys they can find out on our website which is stayindemand.com so s-t-a-y-i-n-d-e-m-a-n-d.com okay stayindemand.com yep and our email is just Anne at stayindemand.com and Alex at stayindemand.com. You can so, also find us on LinkedIn. So, so Anne, Anne at stayindemand.com and Alex, A L E X, at stayindemand.com, yes? Yeah, exactly. And LinkedIn? Yep. What's Search Sadani on LinkedIn. So, Alex Sadani, S A I D A N I, and Anne Chan, C H A N. Uh, in yep. demand on LinkedIn, yes? Yep. Yes. You can find us there. Awesome. Okay, guys, you have a fantabulous um, Thanksgiving. Enjoy. Enjoy it. Even though you're in England, Alex, and you're a Brit, you're allowed to have a Thanksgiving tomorrow. I look forward to it. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Food Innovators by FoodX. Again, come along to Food x.com if you're interested in finding out more about us also if you'd like to connect with me come along to linkedin.com forward slash i n n as in nancy forward slash andrew ive look forward to connecting with you again and have a great day bye